Welcome to Your Divorce Planner Podcast. I'm your host, Heidi B., certified divorce coach, event expert, and go-to gal for navigating the next steps of your divorce journey. I'm so happy you've tuned in for the tools, topics, and truth talk to start transforming your life today. I truly believe that with a powerful planning partner, you will heal the heartbreak and move forward faster. Without further delay, let's continue creating your comeback today. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. We have a great series for you this week. Today, I have Diane, and she is an experienced executive assistant with over 20 years of customer service. She is the owner of VA Minion for Hire, a company that strives to make sure the customer gets what they need when they need it and truly shows clients that they matter. Not only that, but in Diane's spare time, she fosters dogs through Wonder Dogs, a charity that gives abandoned and abused dogs a chance at a new loving home. She has adopted two wonderful dogs through fostering and saved three others so far. Diane is also an avid reader, gamer, and enjoys just hanging out with her husband. Welcome to the show, Diane. Thank you. Excited to be here. And as our listeners know by now, in this series, The Divorce Diaries, It's really all about the intention is to host real unfiltered conversations with women who have been through heartbreak of divorce and who have spent time healing through it and creating their comeback. It's really a series of hope, inspiration, tips, and truth to help others on this journey know that all the feelings are valid and there is so much more in the next chapter if you choose to heal. So you guys know, Diane has been divorced and she is on the other side now. So as we get started, Diane, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your divorce story as little or as much as you feel comfortable sharing? Okay. So I was with my ex for 10 years before we even got married. It was so bad that our friends would take, were taking bets on how long it would be until we got married. And then we did and it was great in the beginning. And then as we got farther along, it went into that whole thing of, yeah, something's not right. And I literally knew about three years before that there was something that had changed. I couldn't put my my foot on it. I also didn't totally recognize it. I seriously was just like, oh no, I can fix this. I mean, I even went to therapy to try and fix it. And it just, it took a while for me to actually understand that, no, it's, it's going away. This is not good for me mentally and all that stuff. Unfortunately, he was kind of mentally abusive. He was not physically abusive, luckily, but he was very mentally abusive. And it took me a long time to notice that one too. People tried to tell me, you ignore it. You don't, you don't see it until you're ready to see it. And by the time we got divorced, it literally had been 11 and a half years. I think it's so important what you just said is like, it it took me years and I didn't even notice it because we don't want to acknowledge it. I have yet to meet a woman who was like, I got married hoping that I would get divorced, right? (laughs) Like, Not one person that I've met signs up for this part of life. Not one. Who would be the point of getting married if you're just looking to get divorced? Why get married in the beginning? Exactly. And, And I love that you can own that something changed and that feeling of, I can fix this. I remember feeling like that. Hold on. Like, there's gotta be something that I can do that I can fix. I'll go to therapy. I'll talk to people about it. I'll see it like what I can change about myself, not even acknowledging that there's a whole nother part of it that's included in this situation. And that's not to blame, shame, guilt, or anything the other side. But I love that you recognized for three years, ignoring that internal compass, because I did the same thing, right? Where it's like, this can't be true. 
this can't be true. I don't want this to be true. I want this to work with this person. And there's a lot of societal pressures and things like that. What kinds of things, if you're willing to share, or maybe there weren't specific things that in hindsight now, you know, like something had changed. Now you can put your finger on it that you couldn't quite articulate before. Honestly, there isn't anything. It was more of that's the way he was in the beginning, but I didn't see it as the emotional abuse and all that. My dad was very old fashioned and my ex had long hair and earrings. And my dad did not like that. Like even when we got engaged and married, my dad still didn't really like him. My dad did walk me down the aisle, which I will forever be grateful for, but he was very old fashioned. So he didn't like that. And so I didn't pay attention to the fact that my ex was like, well, I don't want to go and visit your parents because of the way they are, but we have to go visit mine because, you know, they're the important ones. And I didn't mind my in-laws at all. I still don't mind. It didn't really dawn on me. So it's always been that way, unfortunately. And I just didn't catch on to it for ever. (laughs) Or you think, I don't know about you, but like, I think I talked to so many women who are like, I just thought it would change. You know, I just thought over time, he'll warm up to it. Maybe he doesn't feel quite included just yet. This is a new relationship. Even though if you've been in it for a while, you're kind of like, this will change. Yeah. Especially after you get married, you think it's going to be different. Yes. I had someone say to me one time, if it's not how you want it right now, don't think it's going to get better. Right? Because if anything... It might get worse. Worse. Right? It might get less. I hate to say it, but it might get less passionate, less adventurous. So don't just be at neutral or it's good enough. Because if that's the bar of standard that we have for that deep and meaningful, long lasting relationship that we're all dreaming of, we're really, really not putting ourselves in this space of reality. We're settling for less than and going, um, you know, marriage will change our relationship. Absolutely. (laughs) I also wanted to have kids and he kept telling me, okay, well, when we can get afford them with this part or this part or this part, or you lose weight because I was, I was concerned about my weight. And so that's not like a a hit on him of being nasty about it. It was just, well, when you lose weight, because you know, you're in a game when you're pregnant, then we'll, then we'll do it. And that was another thing that afterwards I was like, why did I listen to him for so long? Yeah. Um, I think a huge part in this realm that you're talking about for me was just knowing myself. I really, I thought that I knew myself in my twenties and I didn't actually know deep down who I was, what I really, really, really wanted. Like I wanted a husband. I wanted a good job. I wanted to make six figures, blah, 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 blah. But I didn't know like what fulfillment meant to me, what success meant to me, what a deep and meaningful, long lasting, loving relationship actually deep in my soul meant to me. I knew very surfacey what it was supposed to be, but it actually wasn't until I went through divorce where I discovered and uncovered the true me, the reality of me, and then what I actually decided that I wouldn't settle for, what I was worth, what I was going to stand up for, how I was going to express myself. And those are definite positives that came out of my experience. What about you? Absolutely. Um, The one thing I will say is despite the way he was, I did not have any self-confidence between going to school when I was under 18 
and I got made fun of. And then my dad was very aggressive and, you know, everything was supposed to be the way he said, because again, he was raised in a different time period. My parents were 40 by the time I was adopted. So huge age gap there too. So my ex did help me get confidence in myself. So that was one of the good things. And I got out of it and it definitely made me realize that I am not going to be quiet anymore, that I'm going to speak up. People, I'm eccentric as all get out. And people sometimes are like, what is up with the weird girl? And I used to be like, oh, I'm sorry. I shouldn't be like that. Now I'm like, I don't care. My hair's purple. I'm going to be excitable. I'm going to wear t-shirts that have funny things on them. And you don't like me. That's okay. You don't have to like me. I like myself that way. So I'm going to stick with it. That is so important that we get to that point. That is so important because otherwise, and I say this to my women all the time because I always get the question, when should I date after divorce? Which is a whole nother podcast, right? But it's like, I say, when you feel like the version of you that is wholeheartedly you, when you feel like you can show up unfiltered as you and you know you and you're not afraid to have whatever hair color you want or hairstyle you want or wear whatever outfit you want or do whatever you want from head to toe and from the inside out. When you feel like that, That's so important from my perspective, because what that allowed me to do was stop trying to manipulate myself, change myself to fit all the people that I was trying to find on Tinder, which didn't work. And instead, just show up to things that I loved doing. And when I showed up to those places with all of that energy and all of myself, then I attracted someone who liked me for me. We don't want to appear another way. And then we attract someone as that version of ourselves. And then all of a sudden they're like, oh, wait a minute. Now we're married and now you're going to show up as a different version of you. What's going on? I thought I was with this person. You know what I mean? Yes and no. With people that I know now, yes. With my current husband, no. Luckily, we had the same hobby together in the SCA, which is Society for Creative Anachronism. And so I knew him for like eight years before we even started dating. He used to come up to my house the weekend of my birthday because I'd always had this big party and he would come up and hang out. So he even knew my ex. So none of that was, he knew me. It was not a big deal. Yes, he knew you. He knew you for you. The hardest part has been stop apologizing for everything like I used to do with my ex. That one I'm still working on. I'm getting better at and he he will call me out. And I'm like, thank you because I'm trying not to do those things anymore. That is so, so good, Diane. Stop apologizing. And and it's like a trait, a habit that you got used to doing for 10 plus years with somebody that you deeply cared about, that you deeply loved, right? And so to unbreak those habits can feel like a very unfamiliar space, a very uncertain space. I, <laughs> it's fine. I love that you said this because one of the things that I say to my partner all the time is, you're welcome. You're welcome. Love you too. When things get kind of like sticky in the house, instead of saying, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. I'm just like, you're welcome. Basically saying, this is me. You're welcome for being honest and just being who I am. And I love you. I really do. But I also heard a friend yesterday, I was having lunch with a friend yesterday, and she said that she always finds a way to say thank you. So if she's late, she says, thank you for being patient. And I just think, That gratitude is so genius because it makes the other person not feel so defensive and feel like, oh, wow, I gifted them something by whatever it is like, and I still care about them and I still love them, but I'm going to have gratitude for the things that I've had hiccups with. 
you know. Yeah, I tell my husband that all the time. I'll be like, thank you for putting up with me with whatever it is, you know, the apologizing where I'm having a bad day, whatever it is. I've been very fortunate too, because I had friends in my hobby that <laughs> everybody wanted to help me when, when this started happening. But I have two friends in general that I really went with. My ex worked nights, I worked days, which is part of why we, we grew apart. And then weekends, he was home and I didn't want to be there with him on the weekends because I was trying to transition out. So I literally went to my friend's house and stayed every weekend with them. They both had been married and divorced and then obviously got remarried. And they actually taught me how to talk through problems instead of yelling and screaming at each other. Wow. And I would literally watch them take a deep breath in, breath out and go, okay, I don't like this. Here's my reason why. How do we resolve it? It was talking it out. It wasn't yelling and screaming. And so when wow. I got into the relationship with my husband, I was like, I don't want to have fights. If we had disagreements, I want to be able to talk it out so we both understand what the problem is, how we can fix it. And I will be honest, in the entire time we've been dating and married, we've had two fights. And neither one of them went crazy yelling, screaming. It was just, you know, there was it was a lot harder to get over than some things. And it, I think I ended up being stupid at the end where we both were having a bad day type thing. But that was that's it. You know, know, it's so beautiful. What you're describing is like responding versus reacting. And when we're in a reactive state there, it's really difficult to get anyone anywhere through anything. But when we respond, we can just clearly communicate our needs, right? Because we just all have these basic core needs. So if we can just communicate what part of us it's coming from, I know a big thing for me was I had all these insecurities. I had been cheated on in the past. Not necessarily, I, I don't know, but I don't think by my ex-husband. That wasn't why we split. You just never know for sure. But <laughs> in the space of infidelity, it's it's a different experience. And I had been cheated on several times in the past by boyfriends and relationships. And so I had all these insecurities. And when I have started dating my now boyfriend, that one of the biggest things that changed is I told him, I have these insecurities and I can't stop them from coming up but I want to handle them differently with you because I want our relationship to work and I don't want these insecurities to bleed in from past relationships into ours. So when I recognize myself becoming insecure about something, I'm just going to let you know that my body is having a reaction, my brain is having a reaction so that you know that that's coming from that part of me and not from this part of me that doesn't trust you. Because it had nothing to do with him and everything to do with my past, but I couldn't help that it was bleeding into this new relationship. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. I didn't have that those thoughts like you do. I have, I have different ones, obviously, but yeah, yeah, it's definitely that whole thing of this is affecting me because I can't help it. It's been a long time. It's a process I have to work through, and I'm yeah. very fortunate that my current husband is very patient and <laughs> allows me to do that. And like I said, but he'll call me out and he'll be like, "Stop that." Because yes. that's your old habit. And I'll be like, thank you. Let's Ooh. work on it. That's really helpful to have somebody that you trust and you love to respectfully point things out, bring things to your attention, give awareness instead of, you know, like triggering you or poking you, just like bringing awareness to that is so lovingly supportive and helpful. It's, it's just so helpful. So a few questions. What are some of the things that your brain was telling you when you first went through divorce? Like what was, what kinds of things were running through your mind when you kind of first decided, I got to get out of here. I got to start staying with my friends. What was going through your mind? 
the staying with my friends thing was, I don't want to be around him as we start this process. We decided to have a disillusion, not a divorce. And we both decided it wasn't worth fighting over. And I'm very glad for that because it's difficult enough and just not fighting made it so much better. Yeah. Um, we, we, we fought over two things. They were DVDs and we flipped coins for them. So <laughs> that should tell you how much of a fight it really was. But yes. it was literally just, I got to get away from the negativity. I, I couldn't be there and deal with it. And I needed people who were going to understand and help me get past all this hurt and pain. The other thing that went through my head is I didn't know how the heck I was going to live because we were literally a two income household, him paying half the bills, me paying the other half. And it was like, I have no way to get a house, get an apartment, pay for all this stuff by myself. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was another really big one. And then because we've been together so long, it was definitely that thing of what am I going to do? I don't know how to be my own individual self because we've been a couple for so long. Um, yes. I was very scary as well. Yeah. That who am I now hits home so deep with me. I mean, it's a huge reason why I run the Joyfully Divorce program because the number one question is, who am I now? What do I do next? Right? What do I do now? I mean, I'm used to operating the habits the routines, the schedules, even just like having a sidekick to do, oh, I feel like doing this today. Oh, it's an automatic. This is what we're doing tonight. Like there's so many things happened automatically that when those things weren't in place, I had no idea who I'm, who, who am I supposed to be now? You really kind of like help me figure that out or help, yeah. help me think that I had that figured out. How am I going to live is huge. So how did you navigate that part of it? I am very fortunate that my parents did buy a house for me to move into. So that was not a concern. And I was grateful to them for that because I literally went to them and said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And it was like, I need help. And so they were like, okay. And I'm fortunate. My parents also have the money to do that where that wasn't even a burden on them. So I, I, that was the other reason I did not mind asking for it. And they offered to pay all the bills except for like a couple of things. And I was going to pay them, but they were like, don't worry about it. And I'm like, okay, like, I think it was going to be after I had gone through everything and been alone for all that, then they would have started coming back. But then things changed and I ended up moving to another city because of my current husband, because of when we were dating and my dad didn't know he was there. I don't want to go into all of it, but it it literally was this thing of dad, I'm 40. You're not telling me who I can date. And I just, I ended up moving. I literally lived in that house for two weeks before I moved. Never oh my gosh. Stuff, never move your stuff twice in two weeks. It sucks. Wow. But, that is a lot. And, but you know, what's so beautiful about this is I think being willing, because a lot of times, I don't know about you, but I had so many people that loved me and cared about me that said, well, what can I do? How can I help you? What can I do? How can I help you? And I think sometimes for some folks, this can help some of our listeners know that it's okay to ask for help, even if it's in the financial space. And it doesn't have to be like, I don't have any money. It can be to some people that you trust, but it can be as easy as like, I could really use a meal this week. I can barely take care of myself. Can you come sit next to me on the couch and watch a movie? And you can also say, I don't know how I'm going to live. We've been sharing dual incomes, just everything that you just shared, and then allow your shares and your asks to deliver whatever's going to be delivered. We can surrender into that space, right? Like, and somebody can go, 
I can help you figure that out. I've got a couch for you. I've got a house for you. I've got a job for you. I've got a, you know, like we really underestimate just putting asks out there or letting people know, here are my worries. Here are my concerns. Here's where I'm at. And then allowing others to pour into us because it can be hard to receive. And I'm so glad that you were able to allow yourself to receive in that vulnerable time in your life. Yeah. It was really difficult to do it Yeah, because it's like, exactly. Because that whole vulnerability thing and what were they going to think and all of that. I will also say my friends I stayed with, if they could have figured out how I could have moved in, I would have with them, but they had four kids and a four bedroom house. So there was like no room, but they were like, okay, we can get you to move in. We would do that because we want you out of that situation too. So that was, that was very, very nice as well. I think another part part of why I was like, you know what? I'm going to be vulnerable with my parents and be like, Hey, I need help. Yeah. That's so important to ask for help. And it's one thing where not many people are very good at. Some of us are not very good at. I also love that you created physical distance. So for anybody who might be in a situation where they haven't yet figured out if they're going to divorce, but they're feeling like, like you said, like something's changed. I don't know quite what's off here, but I'm feeling like this is headed in that, in that direction. You can always just create space, right? Create some distance, physical distance and see what is there when it's not so suffocating, when it's not all layering on top of you day after day and in your face, like give it some space, let it breathe and like allow yourself to have a little bit of that. Oh gosh, absolutely. Even after everything was said and done, living where I live now, like because we had all the same friends, I glad that when I moved, I didn't see several of them for a while because it gave me the time and the space to not associate all those friends with him and I as a couple either. That was great. That's a really hot topic that I've actually never talked about before, but I think it's really important, which is how do you navigate when your circle is so tight and your circle is a shared circle? How do you go about navigating and healing through that when it's like people want to take sides, who's who's, like all these things. And then uh, it sounds like your now husband was in that circle and you guys reconnected, uh, connected at some point, which is a beautiful thing. But how do you, how do you navigate that? Or, or what would you suggest to people now that you've been through it in hindsight? Definitely walk away for a while. Yeah. Or if the other person walks away, stay. We also got really lucky that we didn't have people choose sides, but there were concerns about being invited to gatherings and us start fighting in front of people because they didn't want to want it to ruin their gathering. We have friends who threw a Halloween party every single year. And for two years, I wasn't invited because they were afraid of that. And then the first year I was invited back, my ex even looked at them and said, why aren't you inviting her? We don't want you guys to fight at the Halloween party, ruin it. And he goes, are you kidding me? I got invited, you know, me and my husband went, we actually stayed the night at his place with his new girlfriend, because it's an hour drive. And we were not going to drive back on Halloween night, you know, because we would all be drinking and hanging out till two, three, four or five in the morning. (laughs) Yeah, we got there. And there were people that we hadn't hadn't even seen us in years in general. And they didn't even know we were divorced. They were like, what? Yeah, yes. we don't fight about it. We walk away. That was, and I don't know if that's how my ex feels on it, but there are definitely times where I'm like, I'll walk away if I'm starting to get upset with anything. If I talk to him, that's bugging me because I'm like, I'm not putting up with this. So yeah, I mean, it was, it was actually him that was 
stop ignoring them, ignoring her, bring her back into the fold. It's not going to be an issue. Wow. We proved it wasn't. Yeah. I I get people all the time that are like, you are still friends with your ex. And I'm like, yes. Yeah. We grew apart. We don't aren't together anymore. We both still care about each other. Like I said before, I still love my in-laws. They still consider me one of their daughters because of everything. It's just, we didn't work out. And there was a lot of things that afterwards I'm like, there were signs, but I'm not going to let it define me and control me. Like I originally think I would have, if I hadn't come out of my show. I love that. Thank you for sharing the part about all of it, but you know, the fact that your friends kind of decided for you, you didn't even have to decide. So in a way that's kind of a blessing where you're like, I don't really know what's going on here. I kind of, kind of get what's going on here, but I also think every single divorce situation is so unique. And if one of you hadn't found a relationship, it may have been different. But the fact that both of you found something that was a better fit for you and you're able to come back to the situation with a better fit for you and have a mutual respect for one another and just go, okay, this is what this relationship was meant to be and not beyond that can be really, really helpful space to be. The arguing really helps. But you're right. I mean, I was on the opposite end of things where my ex-husband was happy being friends. He'd say, yeah, let's get together. Oh, you're feeling lonely. Let's get together. Let's do something together. Let's go to all the things together. And it was fine until I went home alone. And it was heartbreaking. And it was fine until my in-laws would continue to send me messages on my birthday and I missed them. So it wasn't emotionally a place that I could take myself to. So I did have to cut ties. I had, I did have to grieve the loss of family members. I did have to grieve the loss of friendships that were shared just because that's what my experience was. And I couldn't let go at the time, but I didn't have a mentor. I didn't have a coach. I didn't have the tools. I didn't know any of those things when I was fresh out of my divorce. And had I had some support like that in place to know how to navigate it, it may have been different. And I don't regret how it is today, but just for anybody who's listening, like you don't have to wait three years after divorce to start doing the work on yourself to feel better and perhaps keep some relationships in place that you weren't quite ready to let go. I think if I hadn't moved where I did, it would have been a lot more difficult because I was still in the same area. That distance definitely, I think, is what, help the most with still being able to stay friends with even the people that in the beginning were like, we don't want to take sides. We're not talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't, and I've had all of them have been like, I'm so sorry. And I'm like, it's fine. I'm, I'm not mad. I'm not upset. I needed the distance myself. So yeah. Yeah. Were, Were there any things that your friends and family would ask you or would say to you throughout this process? My sister, when she found out was like, I knew it, he's cheating on you. And I was like, no, he's not. Like that has nothing to do with that. Oh my gosh. Did not help my sister's divorce. And I think that's what happened with her and her ex initially too. So she had a much worse time than I did, but nobody else really said anything because a lot of our friends had been there and seen it. Even some on the outskirts could tell there was issues for me because of the way I would, when I would hang out with them, how I would act or whatever. But no, that really was the biggest one was my sister's response. And my dad and my mom never said they were glad because they didn't like me being in pain, but they definitely were very happy when we split. Yeah. Like I said earlier, we got a disillusion. My dad hired a divorce lawyer for me because he wanted to make sure I did not get 
that my ex did not like screw me over for any reason. And I was like, it's not going to happen. Whatever. <laughs> just whatever. Just, just, just for listener's sake, in case people don't understand, what's the difference between disillusion and divorce? So a disillusion is you agree on everything. You go before the judge. You do not have to have lawyers. It's a lot cheaper too. It's like a flat fee and they sign up in the paperwork and you're divorced. Divorce, some people do it because they have kids and they have to work all that stuff out. Yes. Or they don't agree on something. Like even with their house and stuff, like who's going to get the house or whatever. And they fight over all of that. So yeah, yeah, you're right. There are people that don't know what the difference is. It's a really important term to know though, because if you are in a situation like you and I were without kids, without things that we needed to split, I mean, my ex and I, we made exactly the same amount of money to almost the dollar. And we owned the exact same number of couches, TVs, all that. It was like, let's just not, for lack of a better way, waste our money, divorce. Let's just get her done. And, you know, we just did. And so there is a faster, cheaper, less heartbreaking and energy saving way to go about it if you're in a situation where the other party is willing to go that route. So I love that you shared that. I don't think it's necessarily faster because you still have to wait for the court system. That's fair. Because I think we started the, the whole process in like October or maybe it was even earlier than that. And it was actually, we got, we signed the paperwork on April 25th, I think. It was like seven days after my birthday, which is why I'm always like, I know about when it is. But that's pretty quick. They say like six Six months is a fast divorce. Okay, and but it, I didn't think it was. For oh, when you're in it, you're like, this feels like 16 years. It just feels like it never ends. It just feels like it never. So yeah, that's another fun fact for friends that like if you're contemplating, just know the court system. It's a whole process, no matter which route you go. But there's a lot of great divorce support resources out there if you can tap into them that can expedite the process because you don't want to be in it for two years. I, I've heard people that have been in it for 10 years. Can you imagine the amount no. of time you've been married to be in divorce uh-uh. litigation? Too long. Don't no. do it. Find a way. Get the support. What are some of the things that divorce showed you, taught you, showed you, revealed to you? That I'm stronger than I thought I was. That that was a big one. I didn't see myself as this really strong, independent woman. And I started realizing that, yeah, I needed my friends to help me out. But I could actually stand on my own and be like, this is not what I want to deal with. I'm not going to. I'm I'm going to take charge and figure it out. Everything. There's a Marie Forleo book called Everything is Figure Outable. And I have to be honest, I haven't read the book, but I love that catchphrase that everything is figure outable. And if you tell yourself, I can figure this out, and you take some deep breaths and you slow down and get present, guess what? You will find either a resource or yourself source to figure it out. So um, I, I I could agree with that wholeheartedly. What did you gain from divorce? Any gains? I know there can be a lot of pains. What kind of gains? True happiness. Say more. <laughs> because I wasn't dealing with all the stuff that he was putting me through and feeling like I wasn't good enough and I wasn't doing things well enough to make the marriage work. I realized that I was just happier in general. And then finding out who my true friends were 
that really were like, okay, what do you need help with? And that they backed away when I said, I have it covered. Thank you. Because they didn't push or anything like that. I don't know if that actually even answered the question, but yeah, absolutely. True, true happiness is uh, that's the real deal. I I feel like along those lines for me, it was deep self love. I thought that I had self love, and I think I had a certain amount of it, but it wasn't until I got divorced and went down my healing journey that I was like, wow, this is what self love actually means. I definitely didn't have that for myself. Yeah, and and deep loving partnership. I mean. I think my ex-husband is a great guy and I, I don't really have many bad things to say about him, but my partnership now is really, truly, it's deeper than what I could have imagined in a oh, relationship. Absolutely. And then for me also finding out how much my friend, I my family's always been an I love you family. You know, some people aren't. We were always an I love you family. And it also made me start telling my friends more often, I love them because of everything that they did or didn't do, depending on what I needed for me. So that that was another one that, you know, you find out who your real friends are, whether they do or don't help you because of the circumstances or what you asked for. That is so true, Diane. I mean, if if you want to truly find out who's got your back, go through a divorce because it will pop through. It will shine through people that you thought were your deep, meaningful friendships may not show up the way that you thought they would when you really need them and vice versa. People who you thought were like really good, good friends are like, whoa, they're the, whoa, those are the ride or die folks. They're, they really are showing up. Absolutely. What's something that you would tell your newly divorced self from your now self? What would would you tell that version of you back then? Roll with the punches. It's all going to shift. I love that. Everything changes on a dime. and. That's not a bad thing. Yeah. Ooh, and that's not a bad thing. Ah, ooh, that's so good. That's so good. How did you learn? To, or did you need to learn how to trust again? I, I have a lot of women who deal with like the trust issue and self-trust. Like they beat themselves up saying, how did I not see that? How did I let this go so long? Things like that. And then they're like, oh, my picker must be off. I, I just, how am I going to trust myself to do anything or trust other people or trust myself anymore? Did you go through any of that? Oh, I did. It was it literally, like I said, because it was three years and it was that whole point of how did I not really realize it back when it was like in the back of my head kind of going, hello, I just was, no, it's, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Ignoring it all. I don't know if I had so much trouble with trusting for a new relationship, although I wasn't looking when it happened. Yes, Um, me too. (laughs) Not at all. Not at all. So, but it was that thing of, I didn't know if I ever wanted to get married again. If I really wanted to just date one person, I definitely was not trying dating apps because I'm like, I don't want to deal with all of that. There's too much weird stuff out there. It is so weird. um, yeah, no thanks. I have a girlfriend that does that, has done that. And she's kidding. She's like, I'm not again. No, no, no. But yeah, it definitely was more of trusting myself to listen to myself when something says, hey, this isn't right. Figure it out. Mm. You know, don't don't ignore it. And I'm way better about that just in general with even people that that I've met. And I was like, oh, I like them. And then it's like, you start to see how they really are. And you're like, no, I don't. And I'm going to distance myself from them. I love that. It's like, Really working on our intuition is that's a skill. Making it a habit to listen to yourself and your intuitive knowing, doing those gut checks and just going, hold on, 
maybe it doesn't make sense in my mind, but I can feel that in my body that this is maybe, this isn't it. This isn't it. Absolutely. Mm. What would you tell to somebody, say to somebody who's feeling like they're in like the divorce ditch or just they can't stop crying? What are, what are a few things maybe they could start doing today? Go find somebody you trust that can help you through it. Even if it's just, you're going to go hang out with them every other day, every night, once a month, something to be able to talk about it because that definitely helped. I mean, I have a girlfriend who she could see it too. And she, it took me a long time to listen to her, but when I did, she would listen back and we only saw each other every so often just because of life. And I'm very grateful for her and I miss her dearly. She unfortunately passed two years ago. So I can't even go back and be like, Hey, thank you again. But I have told her that. No, now I'm getting emotional. Love that though. How special and sacred is that relationship? It was she, and she wasn't somebody I knew for a long time either. Like we, we were friends for about eight years before she passed and we had just had a, an instant connection. So mm, lean in, so, yeah, find lean into somebody. Those. Yes. Have, I mean, just they'll listen if they really like you, no matter what they'll listen because they know you need to get it off your chest and be vulnerable. It's okay to be vulnerable. Oh my gosh. That vulnerability will get you through all this stuff. Two things you said, first one, schedule it, like schedule that time with other people because it, it, I'll just speak from my perspective. Otherwise, it doesn't happen. You find other ways to distract yourself, which distraction is not going to help you move through this any faster. And I used all the distraction methods outside of drugs, but most of all the other ones I used, I was napping, I was drinking, I was eating, I was, you you know, Netflixing, you name it. I was doing it. I was partying. I was socializing. I was doing all, I was even over-exercising. I was uh, overworking, overdoing everything to try to not feel what I was feeling. So scheduling those meetups with a trusted person are huge. And then the second part that you said, be heard, be seen in your vulnerability with somebody that you trust. Because what I'll tell everybody right here, right now, from a coaching perspective is that grease, grease, grief, grief, (laughs) not grease lightning, grief, (laughs) grief and sadness, grief can only be processed when it is witnessed. And so that is why it feels so dang good with someone. And we tell them exactly what we're feeling and how it feels in our systems, because then that grief takes that grip and it starts to let a little bit go, little bit go, little bit go, little bit go. And that's when the lightness starts to come around. But it's not until it's witnessed that it starts happening. So whether you are processing a grief of a lost pet or a lost parent or a a lost partner, whether they are no longer on this earth or just not just, but have gone through divorce, all your grief is real and it just needs to be witnessed. So that's great, great advice. What what's, what's something that your newly divorced self needed to hear most? What did she need to hear? Give me a second here. I got to figure out how to say this one. That she was not as bad as the ex made her feel. She actually was a good person who was trying her hardest even with being told that everything that she was doing was wrong. Oh, I love that. Like you're actually, you're doing a good job. Basically. 
Yeah. Yeah. We all need to hear that, especially when we feel like we're being beaten down, bullied emotionally. It's it's a tough spot to remind yourself like, hold on, that's not even true for me. Yeah. What do you think is um, one thing that our listeners could start doing today to start creating their comeback? What's one thing? Find somebody to talk to. <laughs> Love it. Yes. Honestly, Absolutely. That, that would be it. Just find somebody that even if they've not been through it, that will be there for you no matter what that can help. You know, and if helping is nothing more than, Hey, I want to come and sit on your couch. I don't want you to talk to me. I just need to get away. That's it. So So good. So, 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 so good. I love this conversation. I'm beyond grateful for your willingness to share your story, share your golden nuggets, share your truth. It really, really is a huge intention of mine to make sure that divorced women know that like they're not the only ones out there. Hopefully someone has taken one of a snippet of your story and and your light to just help them move forward today. So thank you for being here with us. But before we close, how can our listeners get more of you in their life? You are a bundle of joy to be in good company of. And you and I just started spending time together today. So, and I can already tell you got good vibes going. How can they find more of you? I've got a business, like you said earlier, on website, vaminionforhire.com. It's also on Facebook. You can find me on Facebook. I will admit I'm very picky on who I friend, but you can absolutely send me messages. I'm a huge gamer girl. So Xbox and... um uh, I'm gonna send Netflix. Holy cow! Um, the <laughs> Switch, yeah, jeez, and a lot of tabletop gaming. So just find me, message me. You know, you can't miss me. Like I said, purple hair. You seriously can't miss me. That's you can't purple. miss me, purple hair. Yes, that's perfect. all my pictures have me with purple hair. So if, if you cannot miss me, I'm pretty obvious. <laughs> um, and then so I would also say, not to find me so much, but. Go and find a rescue if you really want a dog or a cat or whatever, because that has been one of my my best things as well for my heart mm. um, since all of this to help because I can give back in a way that I wasn't able to before. You know what? That thank you for mentioning that, and we're, we'll put the rescue that you serve with in the show notes for sure. So if people want to get a, attached to that and, and and contribute in any way, but I love that too because I've always felt like if your heart is hurting, serve others, but our furry friends can be a co-nourishing way to serve. And if you're not ready to talk to somebody, go serve at a shelter and feel the love that you're giving will be reciprocated back and felt in that kind of service. And I think that that's such a beautiful hobby and contribution that folks can get involved in right away. That's another way that you can start healing your heart and moving forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for that. So two quick closing questions. I asked everybody on the show. The first one is what's one thing that you love about you? That I'm not afraid to be myself anymore, including my hair. Yes, 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 yes. The purple hair. And then the last question is, what does joy feel like to you? Joy feels like knowing that I am worth love and that I'm able to do what I can for other people now that I couldn't before because of the way I felt about myself. Mm. And you you can feel that joy difference when you have been on one side of the, the, the street and the other. It's so good. Absolutely. So good. 
Thank you so much for being a guest today, Diane. It's really been a delight. Really appreciate you so much. And to all of you listening, remember you are safe. You are loved. You are enough. Go out into the world, shine your light bright and live a limitless life. We'll talk to you next time. Thanks for tuning in. If you loved our chat or know someone who would, take a quick screenshot and share it now or leave a five-star review so this message can reach the masses. Let's continue connecting. Drop me a DM at Your Divorce Planner or go to yourdivorceplannerhub.com to start coordinating your comeback today. You can even schedule a free connection call to dive into your desires and understand how partnering with Your Divorce Planner will be a game changer for your next chapter. Tune in next week for another transformational topic. And remember, you are loved, you are worthy, you are enough. Take care.